0: welcome to the days that music died again continuing our at home sessions here for the summer series as unfortunately we are no longer doing the facebook live stream for the rest of the summer until we start this upcoming semester in august fingers crossed for that. But we will continue to do the podcast format for you every other week, continuing our summer series. Once again, I am your host, Caleb, and happy Thursday to you all. It is July 16th. It is warm, but that is summer, that is mid-July, and that is Illinois weather for you. Hope you all are staying safe and are well throughout these times, but we have a wonderful show in store for you today one focusing on an artist that was just exceptional during their time and truly truly inspirational for so many people in this genre but before we get to that quick reminder to like us on facebook at the days that music died and give us a like on twitter as well at the days that music died Let's go ahead and put our thinking caps and our time-traveling caps on and get locked in here. Let's go back to the year 1996. Now, we've visited this year before, and our last show, we discussed 1997 and, briefly, 1996 for different parts. And, of course, that has to do with this week's show as well. So, what was life like in 1996? Well, the yearly inflation rate was 2.93 percent. The Dow Jones at the year end was 644.8. Interest rates were 8.25 percent. The cost of a new house was roughly a hundred eighteen thousand and two hundred dollars. Income per year was roughly thirty-six thousand dollars. Monthly rent was about five hundred and fifty-four dollars. Gallon of gas was a dollar twenty-two or so postage stamp in the United States was $0.32, cents. an average new car was $16,300, a loaf of bread was $1.15, and in 1996, the hourly, the, hourly, the hourly wage was raised to $5.15. Big events in 1996. The STS-72 space shuttle mission occurred throughout this year. Prince Charles and Diana, the Princess of Wales, were uh, divorced in 1996. The Mars Global Surveyor launched in 96. The Mad Cow Disease hits Britain in this year. A major snowstorm in the Midwest and major floods in the Pacific Northwest occur throughout this year. The Summer Olympics happened in Atlanta in August. The nail bomb explosion in Atlanta occurs on july 27th just weeks before the olympics the internet host computers jump from 1 million to 10 million throughout 96. the first version of java programming language is released Dolly the sheep becomes the first mammal to be successfully cloned global warming shows a record high and the ozone layer in the over the arctic continues to be depleted and the american pathfinder launches in 1996 as well some pop culture for you throughout this year for music popular artists such as Spice Girls Mariah Carey Eric Clapton Blur Snoop Dogg Oasis Madonna Metallica Rage Against the Machine Tupac The Wallflowers Red Hot Chili Peppers Notorious B. I. G. Cheryl Crow and the Smashing Pumpkins, just to name a few, were quite popular on the pop charts, rock charts, rap charts, and their respective music, respective genres. For film popular movies throughout this year, the Independence Day Twist Independence Day Twister, Mission Impossible, the first of that series, Jerry Maguire, 101 Dalmatians, The Rock, The Birdcage, and, of course, The Time to Kill. Also in this year, Bill Clinton defeats Bob Dole in the U.S. presidential election. For our today's focus for this week's show, Tupac Shakur. Tupac Amaru Shakur was born on June 16, 1971, in East Harlem of New York City. Born Lizanne Parish Crooks, he was renamed at age one after Tupac Amaru II, the descendant of the last Incan ruler, Tupac Amaru, who was executed in Peru in 1781 after his failed revolt against Spanish rule. Shakur's mother explained, I wanted him to have the name of revolutionary indigenous people in the world. I wanted him to know he was part of world culture and not just from a neighborhood. Tupac had an older stepbrother, Mopreem Komani Shakur, and a half-sister, Sikiwa, two years his junior. His parents, Afini Shakur, born Alice Faye Williams in North Carolina, and his birth father, Billy Garland, had been active Black Panther Party members in New York in the late 1960s and early 1970s. A month before Tupac's birth, his mother, Afini, was tried in New York City as part of the Panther 21 criminal trial. She was acquitted of... Of over 150 charges, of over 150 charges in some conspiracy against the United States government and New York landmarks. Other family members who were further involved in the Black Panthers, Black Liberation Army, were convicted of serious crimes and imprisoned. Tupac's godfather, Elmer Geronimo Pratt, a high-ranking Panther, was convicted of murdering a schoolteacher during a 1968 robbery, although his sit- his sentence was overturned. In 1982, for aiding the 1979 New Jersey prison escape of Tupac's step-aunt and godmother, Asata Shakur, his stepfather, Mutulu Shakur, spent four years among the FBI's ten most wanted fugitives. Captured in 1986, Mutulu was convicted and imprisoned for the 1981 robbery of a Brinks armored truck, during which police officers and a guard were killed. In 1984, Tupac's family moved from New York City to Baltimore, Maryland. He did 8th grade at Roland Park Middle School, then two years at Paul Lawrence Dunbar High School. On transfer to the Baltimore School for the Arts, he studied acting, poetry, jazz, and ballet. He even performed in Shakespeare's plays, depicting timeless themes. With his friend Dana Mouse Smith as the beatbox, he won competitions as, as the school's best rapper. Also known for his humor, he could mix with all crowds during this time. As a teen, Tupac listened to musicians including Kate Bush, Culture Club, and U2. At Baltimore's Arts High School, Tupac befriended Jada Pinkett, who is now known as Jada Pinkett Smith, married to the famous actor Will Smith. would become a subject of some of his poems. After his death, she would call him one of my best friends. He was like a brother. It was beyond friendship for us. The type of relationship we had, you only get that once in a lifetime. In 1988, Shakur moved to Marin City, California, a small impoverished community. In nearby Mill Valley, he attended Tumalpias High School, where he performed in several theater productions. During Tupac's adulthood, he continued befriending individuals of diverse backgrounds. His friends would range from Mike Tyson and Chuck D to Jim Carrey and Alanis Morissette, who in April 1996 said that she and Tupac were planning to open a restaurant together. In April 1995, early in his prison sentence, Tupac married his then longtime girlfriend, Keisha Morris. The marriage officially ended in March 1996. In the four months before his death, Tupac lived with his girlfriend, Kidada Jones, daughter of the record producer, Quincy Jones, and the actress, Peggy Lipton. For Tupac's music career, Tupac used the stage name MC New York, which he began recording in 1989. That year, he began attending the poetry classes of Leela Steinberg. Soon, she became the budding artist's manager. Steinberg organized with Tupac's rap group Strictly Dope for a concert. She managed to get Tupac signed by H.R.N. Gregory, manager of the rap group Digital Underground. In 1990, Gregory replaced Tupac with the Underground as a roadie and backup dancer. And under the stage name Tupac, he debuted on the group's January 1991 single, Same Song, leading the group's January 1991 EP titled This Is An EP Release, while Tupac also appeared in the music video. Tupac's debut album, Tupacalypse Now, alluding to the 1979 film Apocalypse Now, arriving in November 1991, would bear three singles, aside from If My Homie Calls, The Singles Trapped, and Brenda's Got a Baby, poetically depict individual struggles under a socioeconomic disadvantage. But once, a Texas defense attorney with a young young client who had shot a... once a Texas defense attorney with a young client who had shot a state trooper rationalized that the defendant had been listening to the album, which touches upon police police brutality, controversy ensued. The U.S. vice president at the time, Don Quayle, partially reacted, "There's There's no reason for a record like this to be released. It has no place in our society. Tupac finding himself misunderstood explained in part, I just wanted to rap about things that affected young black males. When I said that, I didn't know that I was going to tie myself down to, th- to just take all the blunts and hits for all the young black males, to be the media's kicking post for young black males. Anyways, Tupac Lips Now was certified gold. Half a million copies sold as well. Altogether, Tupac Lips Now sits well with a socially conscious rap addressing urban black concerns and still prevalent in rap at the time. Tupac's second album rel- Tupac's Second Album*, arrived in November 1998 and it debuted at number 24 in the pop album's chart for the Billboard 200. More hardcore overall, it emphasizes Tupac's social socio-political views and has a metallic production quality in fact in its final release side a tracks 1 to 8 is labeled the black side while side b tracks 9 to 16 is the dark side nonetheless the album carries the single I Get Around, a party anthem featuring the underground's Shock G and Money B, which would render Tupac's popular breakthrough, reaching number 11 on the pop singles chart and the Billboard Hot 100. And it carries the optimistic compassion of another hit, Keep Ya Head Up, which encourages women. This album would be certified platinum and a million copies sold. As of 2004, among Tupac's albums, including Posthumous and Comp- and compilation albums. The Strictly album was 10th in sales and about 1,366,000 copies sold. In late 1993, Shakur formed the group Thug Life with Big Psych, Machiodosis, his stepbrother Moprim Shakur, and the rapper Rated R. Thug Life released its only album Thug Life Volume 1 on October 11th 1994 and it went gold and it carries a single Pour Out A Little Liquor which was produced by Johnny J Jackson who also produced much of Shakur's album All Eyes On Me. Usually Thug Life would perform live without Tupac due to his solo career. Tupac's third album arriving in March 1995 as Me Against the World is now hailed as his magnum opus and commonly ranks among the greatest, most influential rap albums of all time. The album sold 240,000 copies in its first week, setting a then record for highest first week sales for a solo male rapper. The lead single Dear Mama arrived in February with the b B-side Old School, the album's most successful single Dear Mama. It topped the Hot Rap singles chart and peaked at number nine on the Pop singles chart in the Billboard Hot 100. In July, it was certified platinum, and it ranked number 51 on the year-end charts. The second single, "So Many Tears," released in June, reached number six on the Hot Rap Singles chart and number 44 on the Hot 100. August brought the final single, "Temptations," reaching number 68 on the Hot 100 and number 35 on the Hot R&B/Hip-Hop Singles and & Tracks, and number 13 on the Hot Rap Singles. At the 1996 Soul Train Music Awards, Tupac won for Best Rap Album, and in 2001, it ranked fourth among his total albums in sales, with about 3,524,567 copies sold in the U.S. While in prison from February to October 1995, Tupac wrote only one song. Instead, he actually took to political theorist Niccolo Machiavelli's Treatise, The The Prince and Military Strategist, Sun Tzu's Treatise, The Art of War. And on Tupac's behalf, his wife, Keisha Morse, communicated to Suge Knight of Death Row Records that Tupac and Dire Streets financially needed help, his mother about to lose her house and all. In August, after sending $15,000 for her, Suj began visiting Tupac in prison. In one of his letters, in one of his letters to Nina Badrashwar, who was a recently, recently hired to edit a planned magazine, Death Row Uncut, Tupac discusses plans to start a new chapter. Eventually, music journalist Kevin Powell would say that Shakur once released seemed like a completely transformed person at this time. Arriving on February 13, 1996, Tupac's fourth studio album, All Eyes On Me, arrived. It was rap's first double album, or, or referred to that as, that is, meaning two of the three albums due in Tupac's contract with Death Row and bore five singles while perhaps marking the peak of the 1990s rap. With standout production, the album has more party tracks and often a triumphant tone as Tupac's second album to hit number one on both the top R&B and hip-hop albums chart and the pop albums chart, as well as the Billboard 200. It sold 566,000 copies in its first week and was certified five times multi-platinum in April. How Do You Want It as well as California Love reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and at the 1997 Soul Train Awards it won an R&B Soul or Rap Album of the Year. At the 24th American Music Awards, also known as the AMA's, Tupac won in the Favorite Rap and Hip Hop Artist category. The album was certified nine times multi-platinum in June 1998 and ten times in July 2014. Tupac's fifth and Final studio album, The Seven Day Theory, was released under a newer stage name, Machiavelli. This album had been created in seven days total during August 1996. The lyrics were written and recorded in three days, and mixing took another four days. In 2005, MTV.com ranked The Seven Day Theory at number nine among hip-hop's greatest albums ever, and by 2006, a classic album. Its singular poignance through hurt and rage, contemplation and vendetta resonates with many fans even today. It peaked at number one on Billboard's Top R&B Hip Hop Albums Chart and the Billboard 200 with the second-highest debut week sales total of of any album that year. On June 15, 1999, it was certified four times multi-platinum. And before we get into our tragic day and right before we talk about the music of Tupac and the music featured on this week's playlist, as you see, Tupac was... And, and still is known as such a famous and incredible rapper. He, he was so talented, r- truly a musical genius, especially in the rap, hip-hop genres. Tupac had a rough life it, from the get-go, and he continued to be involved in, in crime, and notorious throughout the West Coast crime scene, and even at times throughout the New York City crime scene as well, with artists such as Christopher Wallace, also known as the Notorious B.I.G. With, with the last show of the days that music died, we featured Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, also known as the Notorious B.I.G., and discussed how not too long after we would be featuring Tupac and everything that happened throughout these two artists' careers, both respectively and, and Bind as well. It truly is unfortunate, uh, everything that happened between these two artists and both of their demises, but at the same time, it wasn't even a demise, it was more of just tragedy, an overall tragedy. We talked about how Wallace's passing was so tragic and how Tupac's was just as, if not more tragic at the time. Tupac's was really... Tupac was really on the verge of something new and, and something great as Wallace was on the verge of getting his life together and changing, being for, for the good, for the better, for him and his family. Tupac was about at about that same stage, if not already at that stage. Tupac was really starting to become mega big on the charts and becoming quite possibly the most famous rapper at the time, if not of all time. For his music for this week's playlist, for this week's show, I really tried to hit everywhere with Tupac. Songs that weren't as well known, songs that were live, songs that were just widely popular, songs that are some of his classic hits, and songs that really showcase who he was as a as an artist, as a rapper, and as a human being as well. And so we start off with Pac's Life, which is a great version featuring Tupac, T.I., and Ashanti. We have Changes in there. The song featuring Talent, Keep Your Head Up, Dear Mama, Ambitions of Arida, All Eyes on Me featuring Big Psych, Do For Love, I Get Around featuring The Digital Underground, All About You featuring Nate Dog, Snoop, Snoop Dogg, Yanni Hadati, and uh, California Love, The Remix, which features Dr. Dre and Roger, all featured on this week's playlist, as well as many other tunes, including live versions of tunes such as Ambitions of Rider, Little Homies, which is uh, another edited version of lots of different songs, some edited versions, but also the original versions featured on this playlist as well. So all sorts of different songs depicting Tupac's career and going from his start to his end to his middle and even posthumously as well. But moving in to his tragic day, we discuss the tragedy that is and was of Tupac Shakur, an artist that truly was brilliant in his own right, one that could take any lyric and turn it into poetic justice and poetic gold. On the night of September 7th, 1996, Shakur was in Las Vegas, Nevada to celebrate his business partner Tracy Donnell Robinson's birthday and attended the Bruce Seldon vs. Mike Tyson boxing match with Sooj Knight at the MGM Grand that evening. Afterward, in the MGM Grand's lobby, someone in their group spotted Orlando Baby Lane Anderson, an alleged Southside Compton Crip, whom the individual accused of having recently in a shopping mall tried to snatch his neck chain with a Death Row Records medallion. The hotel surveillance footage shows the ensuing assault on Anderson. Shakur soon stopped by his hotel room and then headed with Knight to his Death Row nightclub club 662 in a black BMW 750 IL sedan, which was also part of a larger convoy. At about 11 p.m., for its loud music and lack of license plates, bicycle-mounted police stopped the car on Las Vegas Boulevard. The plates were found in the trunk, and the car was released without a ticket. At about 11.15, at stoplight, a white four-door late-model Cadillac sedan Pulled up to the passenger and an arriving occupant rapidly filed, and an arriving occupant rapidly, rapidly fired at Shakur, who was struck four times: once in the arm, once in the thigh, and twice in the chest. One bullet, one bullet even entered his right lung. Shards hit Knight's head, and not in the car. Shakur's bodyguard, Frank Alexander, had been tasked to drive the car of Shakur's girlfriend, Candida Jones. Um, so it was just Sujanite and Shakur that were hit by the gun. Shakur was immediately taken to the University Medical Center of Southern Nevada. He was heavily sedated and put on life support, and later put under a barbiturate-induced coma in the intensive care unit. On the afternoon of September 13th, of September 13th, 1996, at the young age of 25, Shakur died from internal bleeding. He was pronounced dead at 4.03 p.m. on the 13th, and the official causes of death are respiratory failure and cardiopulmonary arrest associated with multiple gunshot wounds. Shakur's body was cremated the next day, and Kidada was beside him at his death. In 2011, via the Freedom Information Act, the FBI documents revealed its investigation of the Jewish Defense League for making death threats against Shakur and other rappers. In 2002, investigative journalist Chuck Phillips, after a year of work, reported in the Los Angeles Times that Anderson and South Compton Southside Compton Crip, having been attacked by Suj and Shakur's entourage at the MGM Hotel after the boxing match, had fired the fatal gunshots, but that Las Vegas police had interviewed him only once briefly before his death and an unrelated shooting Phillips' 2002 article also alleges the involvement of Christopher Biggie Smalls Wallace and several within New York City's criminal underworld underworld. both Anderson and Wallace denied involvement while Wallace even offered a confirmed alibi with the last show we discussed this murder and tragedy of Tupac and discussed Wallace's involvement briefly as well Wallace continued to have an alibi and continued to have reason to believe that he was not involved in this and hadn't any clue. His estranged girlfriend at the time, Faith Hill, was also very adamant about the fact that he seemed very shaken up by the whole event and everything taking place, even though the two parties were not on good terms at the time. Still to this day, not exactly certain what happened. And that goes for the same with Biggie as well and his passing. But nonetheless, Tupac's passing was truly a tragedy. Just at the age of 25, he passed away from a career that was so promising, so incredible. Truly, truly one of the greatest rappers of his time, if not of all time And as well, of the 20th century, Tupac Shakur was an incredible lyricist, incredible poet. He had the ability to take a mic and just bring the audience in in ways that were truly unimaginable by many other artists. He had the way to interest you in his music, even though you wanted nothing to do with his music, or if you hadn't any clue what his music was about, he had the ability to pull you in. Tupac Shakur was truly a legend, a living legend, and still a legend to this day. It truly is shocking, surprising, and and just a full-on tragedy, and that's why I feel that these two artists, I waited a little bit to really try to give them justice notorious B. I. G. and Tupac Shakur, two artists that truly deserve a feature on this show, the days that music died, because truly the day the the music died those days. Along with the original music died. The day the music truly did die, the days that Christopher Wallace passed away and of course September thirteenth, nineteen ninety six when Tupac Shakur, at just the age of 25 years old, passed away as well. For his accolades in 2003 MTV's Viewers voted Tupac the greatest MC of all time. In 2006, MTV staff placed him second in that same poll. And in 2012, The Source Magazine ranked him fifth among all-time lyricists. In 2010, Rolling Stone placed him at number 86 among the 100 greatest artists of all time. In 2007, The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's definitive 200 albums placed All Eyes on Me at number 90 and Me Against the World at number 170. In 2009, drawing Praise the Vatican added Changes, a 1998 posthumous track, to its online playlist. And on June 23, 2010, the Library of Congress sent Dear Mama to the National Recording Registry, the third rap song after a grandmaster flash and a public enemy ever to arrive there. In 2002, Tupac Shakur was inducted into the Hip Hop Hall of Fame, and on December 30, 2016, in his first year of eligibility, Tupac was nominated, and on the following April 7th, was among five inductees into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. For his film career, Tupac was truly a budding actor, as he... As mentioned earlier, he was in lots of Shakespeare plays and continued to act in theater productions throughout the Baltimore scene as well as in the California scene once he moved there as a teenager. Along with rapping, Tupac became invested into the film scene. Tupac's first film appearance was in 1991 in Nothing But Trouble and in a cameo by The Digital Underground. In 1992... In 1992, he starred in Juice, where he plays the fictional role in Bishop, a violent gang member. Rolling Stone's Peter Travers calls him the film's most magnetic figure. Then in 1993, Tupac starred alongside Janet Jackson in John Singleton's romance film Poetic Justice. Tupac then played another gangster, the fictional birdie in, in Above the Rim, and soon after Tupac's death, three more films starring him were released Bullet in 1996, Gridlocked in 1997, and Gang Related also in 1997. And before we touch on our final segment for this week's show, again with the music, really for this week's plus, really tried to hit all parts of Tupac's music, tried to hit... Popular songs, ones that really dominated the charts, and also ones that were deemed underrated both personally and overall, and ones that really cho- really show Tupac's talent as a rapper and Tupac's ability to rap and and, and to really lure his audience in. For our one-question segment for the show, I highly recommend it and, and encourage you all to, if you have a one-question that you would ask any artist especially this week's artist Tupac Shakur what would it be if you had the opportunity to to talk to him once more to meet him that one more time what would you ask him what what would you do with him would you maybe listen to him rap would you rap a song with him or would you simply ask him a question what would that question be so please go on our Facebook page or on the Twitter page on our Twitter page and feel free to comment on our posts for this week's podcast highly encourage highly recommend to do that Obviously, the obvious question that I'd ask him is what exactly happened, who did it, and that goes for the same with Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, with uh, the last show for the Days of Music Died. What exactly happened would be the biggest thing, because for these two artists, those are two big things that are still left up in the air. Even though we feel like we might have an idea, there's still a lot of questions surrounding it, and a lot of alibis are in place, not really sure what exactly happened. So that's one question that I would ask the obvious question. But then two questions that I, I'd really want to ask is what went through your mind during the production process for each song and how did each song evolve? Now I, I want to ask these questions not only because I am a nerd, <laughs> but also because these are questions that I'm really enticed by. When it become, when it comes to Tupac, Tupac is such a prolific and incredible artist and rapper. And again, his lyricism was so amazing. One of the greatest lyricists of all time, especially in the rap and hip-hop realm. Who wouldn't want to know what exactly went through his mind during this... The process of developing the song and recording the song, and at the same time, how did each song evolve? Obviously, there are times where you can probably figure out how the song evolved, but how exactly did it evolve? There's always that story, that backstory to the song, whether it be important or, or truly just a coincidence. It's interesting to me. And so, those are the two questions that I would definitely ask, uh, besides the obvious question of what happened. So, once again, go ahead and comment that on our Facebook page and our Twitter account as well, if you do so choose. Highly encouraged, and I love being able to interact with you all. Once again, you can find the playlist up on our Facebook page as well. And a quick reminder to like us on Facebook at The Days That Music Died, and follow us on Twitter at The Days That Music Died. As Well, once again, we are no longer doing the Facebook live streams for the rest of the summer, but once the summer hits, once the semester hits up and starts going, uh, fingers crossed there, we will be back on air, and uh, we will be continuing to do the podcast format throughout this period of time. For what could have been for Tupac Shakur, well, obviously, same with Biggie Smalls, so many things. He would have continued to make music. In fact, I think he might have become the—he's already considered one of the greatest MCs of all time, one of the greatest rappers of all time. But there's still—it's still up for debate with different artists. I think it wouldn't have even been a debate. To be honest, I—I I think he would have been the greatest rapper of all time. And you can obviously disagree mm-hmm. with me there, and maybe Biggie is is definitely on that list. Maybe he's at the top of your list and there are definitely other artists there. But really, Tupac Shakur hands down greatest rapper of all time with what could have been. He would have continued to star in films, he would have continued to release music. I think he would have gotten into other things. I wouldn't have been surprised if he got more into theater. I wouldn't have been surprised if he wrote more poetry rather than just rapping. And I definitely wouldn't have been surprised if he released a book either. Tupac Shakur was going all over the place. He was in everything and, and he wanted everything. And he could have done it. He was truly a genius. So Tupac Shakur what could have been a, quite possibly one of the biggest stars of all time quick reminder to tune in two weeks from now for our next episode of the days that music died at home sessions summer series as we continue this bi-weekly summer series and that next show will be july 30th right at the end of the month my recommended songs are right at the end of every playlist as always and that is all about you featuring nate dog snoop Dogg, and fatal and yanni hadati and of course california love tupac's remix featuring dr dre and roger right at the end of that playlist. Again, I'm your host, Caleb, and you are listening to The Days That Music Died. Thank you for tuning in for this week, and as always, I hope you all are well, and I hope you all are staying safe and are cool, as it is quite hot. It is a warm one here in the middle of Illinois, but also with it being in the middle of July. Again, we'll catch you in two weeks, and thank you for listening.